0: Hey friends, welcome to Still With You. My name is Coley Browning and I am so excited that you've joined me for another episode of the podcast. Instead of moving you straight into a conversation with one of my friends, I want to first ask you a question. How are you? Seriously, how are you doing? Have you asked yourself this question lately? What shows are you watching? Whose voices have you been listening to? Have you paused to consider what you are believing about yourself? It's fun to run out and buy all oils and natural products in bulk, but living a real, healthy, toxin-free life goes way beyond the bottles of chemicals that we introduce to our bodies. And I offer you this question because the friend that I'm speaking with today knows this all too well. As a young mom and wife to a professional athlete, lifestyle blogger Margaret Matheny felt pressured to fit a stereotype and started chasing after her own idea of perfection. Even though she spent endless hours at the gym and wore cute clothes to craft a social media worthy baseball wife life, she felt unhappy and she was incredibly unhealthy. Today, Margaret's external rhythms remain the same. There are still baseball games to attend, two precious baby boys to feed, and then there's the hassle of moving four times a year, and yes, this is a real thing for the families of athletes, but what has changed is within her. Today, Margaret is living a toxin-free life where she flocks to what is authentic, real people, real food, real missions, and forgetting all the other fake stuff. She has found that it just creates resistance in living a full, free life with Jesus, and on this episode of Still With You, Margaret gets real in sharing about her Transformation story. Today she is happy, healthy, and walking in freedom all because of Jesus. It is her mission to help women live confidently by maintaining a healthy and intentional lifestyle. Clearly, I am a fan of all of this and more that Margaret advocates for on the daily. Whether this is through a blissful blog post or an encouraging video, I am always inspired by Margaret's real life (laughs) and how she and her family love Jesus. Friends, you're in for a real treat as Margaret. Margaret and I talk all things baseball, living counterculturally, and how you can find freedom right where you are today. I could not be more honored to welcome my friend, the amazing, beautiful, authentic Margaret Matheny. Thank you so much for doing this. How was your weekend? Did you guys celebrate the fourth in any fun way? My weekend was wonderful. This is the craziest story.
1: My sister is in the process of getting married this year. And the man whom she's marrying has four children. Pretty much this weekend was just getting to know my new nieces and nephews, which was insane and so, so exciting for me. I don't know. I have this nurturing instinct in me. I just want to hug them and love on them. So it was a very exciting you know, new family members. And it was actually the first July 4th that Tate's been home for in 10 years. Wow. Always on the road or in a different state playing baseball. So it was incredibly fun to wake up and actually have a holiday with him in the summer. It's very rare, And normally like all baseball teams play on the 4th of July because it's a huge ordeal and fireworks. And he just got to hang out with the family. And it was like, this is really nice. This is a slice of real life. So that was really enjoyable
0: for us. Where are you guys currently located? Do you mind like sharing what team he plays for and a little bit about what your life looks like in this season? Oh my goodness. Yes,
1: absolutely. Well, to begin... Tate plays in the minor league system for the Boston Red Sox. So he was drafted in 2015, left junior year of college. And we got married 2016, and so I've been traveling with him for the last couple years. And by traveling, I mean... In February, we go to Florida for spring training. Within the last week of spring training, they tell us what city we're going to go live in, what team he made. And so that's our second move of the year. And then we kind of just stay in that city. So it was Greenville, then Roanoke, Virginia, then Portland, Maine for the last couple of years. And so we just stay in that city. Until he's either released or traded or moved up or down. Luckily, that's not happened to us. We've just stayed in the same city the entire year. And then we just come home in September. And then we're in Mm. St. Louis, which is both of our hometowns. We're in St. Louis from September to the end of January.
0: So he played for the, is it the Pawtucket Red Sox? Yeah, the Paw socks. We have a minor league team in town, and I didn't realize how funny the names are. Like, we are the Blue Wahoos. That is supposed to be a fish. My in-laws live in Montgomery, and there's a team called the Montgomery Biscuits, which how Southern is that? Oh, my, that is... So, you've been living in Maine for, you said two years now? Yes,
1: two seasons. So, it's really just from April to September. The last two years, we lived in the basement of a host family's home. Last year, I was pregnant with Riker. So, most of the time I was in St. Louis. I really just went to Portland and stayed with Tate for about two months. And then all the other times with like my doctor appointments, I was in St. Louis. Yeah, that was our Mm -hmm. home ish for the last two years. With COVID, we were in. Florida and then got the call from one of his buddies who is a scout I was like dude baseball's about to get shut down and we were like what we had A four month old at the time, Gunner and Riker, who was two and a half and was like super sick, coughing all the time. He had some really bad allergies going on. So life was crazy. And then to hear that baseball might get canceled, we weren't nervous. We weren't scared. We were like almost excited to go back home (laughs) because our lives were just really struggling postpartum and we'd be able to see his dad and family and both of our sisters had just had babies that week. So we were missing so much and within The next 10 hours, we had packed up everything that we had planned for Florida and Portland and we flew home that evening.
0: Your world got flipped upside down in a few
1: hours. The craziest part was that we were flying home and had nowhere to go. Wow. Which is what a lot of baseball families had to deal with. Nobody is preparing, nobody has any type of housing unless you have like a home in your home base, but it's a lot of minor league families just don't. And so we were literally in the airport calling family to see who we could stay with, with our two kids one who's not sleeping through the night and cries and both of us thankfully we have very generous family
0: members that were like yeah come here you're safe here there's such a disconnect between what we see on Friday nights Saturday nights and we see big lights and you know beautiful uniforms and then there's that part where you face reality and you're spending time away from each other I'm from Missouri too so mm. I grew up outside of Columbia Missouri okay cool baseball was such a big part of our life I just remember when I had done some digging and we had a friend who was in the minor leagues. And I remember first learning it's not as glamorous as what people perceive it to be. And there's actually a lot of pain that comes with that sacrifice that you all make. Mm -hmm. I am grateful for my athletic friends and the people like you who sacrificed for us. That means a lot. Oh, that's so kind of you to say. And honestly, I'm so grateful for what has come out of COVID. I'm grateful that you guys got a break, yeah, bond, and hopefully catch your breath for a second. Thanks.
1: Yeah, that's really what it feels like. I mean, last season ended in a really tough spot. We finished in AAA, but Tate was just drained beyond measure. And then we had a child, and then we were more drained, and then he almost quit because we had two kids and we're still in the minor leagues and Mm -hmm. the pay is substantially lower than people think. And he would tell anybody this as well. Like he had this moment of realization Where he had to switch his mindset. He's not playing baseball to play baseball. He's playing baseball for the Lord. Yeah. For whatever God brings out of his career in baseball, he wants it to be for God. And that totally changed his mindset for this game. The last couple years, we were victims to the game. We were Mm -hmm. incredibly lonely, had a very tight budget. He did have a signing bonus, so that allowed us to live for a couple years pretty easily. But now with two kids, it's vastly different. I mean, if Tate was sitting with me, he would never say like, feel sorry for us or anything like that. We're just in a place where we were there and it was miserable. It was making us miserable. But now that we almost like rededicated the game of baseball to the Lord, it just makes a huge difference in the way that we view. Well, I say
0: we, but it's mostly Tate. It's a two person team. I feel like you're just as much in it as he is. You're definitely, yeah.
1: There just has new meaning to it because of mm. the transition that Tate and I both had to make in ourselves.
0: What did that look like? You know? Because I think that there's some people who might be feeling that where they've held on to something a little too tightly where it's like that's their identity. And it sounds like you guys came up for air Mm -hmm. and found this whole new life by giving what you thought you'd already given to the Lord. What was just a conscious decision that you guys made together as a family to do that?
1: Man, such a good question. I wouldn't say it's this one huge thing. It's these little mundane tasks that we had to change in our life, how we're speaking to ourselves, what we're doing for the first 10 minutes in the morning, how we're communicating communicating to each other. Part of me just wishes Tate was here. He would explain that he had this whole anxiety, panic, attack stage of his life. When Gunnar was born there's this thing about baseball that draws you away from your family from your security, from pretty much everything and it's so easy to just focus on your success and getting to the next level. Mm -hmm. For us that was what we were focusing on so when that didn't happen it would just really destroy both of us and we wouldn't talk about it. We'd just Mm -hmm. be Really upset. Like if Tate wasn't playing well, we'd just be lower. So what it looks like for us to practically change that was dive into scripture. Yeah, make new habits. And like we've been going to church. We're Christians. It just we didn't figure out how to intertwine faith with baseball yet. Yeah, that was a huge opening for us. It was like a burden was lifted off our back because we had been fighting this for so long. Mm-hmm pretty much letting Satan rule and make us so focused on success and all that kind of stuff. But what it looks like for us now is prioritizing each other, prioritizing scripture, prioritizing church when we can, because tape plays on Sundays. Yeah. And that's when COVID comes in, that we would have never had this time to make these priorities if it wasn't for COVID. Mm-hmm. Crazy how the Lord chose to pick us and chose to put us through that new chapter of life amidst this massive suffering of COVID. We don't even know how to really talk about it. How are we the ones to come out of this stronger with a better understanding of each other and Christ? We're just really grateful.
0: Hearing stories like that, it just makes me feel hopeful. Honestly, that God's in control overall and that you all needed that. If you don't mind, I would love to know how did you guys meet? So you both grew up up in St. Louis together. Mm -hmm. We did. We actually went to kindergarten together.
1: (gasps) Oh my gosh. Okay. Which is such a fun story to tell. He doesn't remember me at all in kindergarten, but I remember him. He switched schools in first grade and then we went back to the same uh, middle school in seventh grade. And I actually have a picture of my really dramatic middle
0: schooler diary. Did you journal in an elementary? Was that a a rhythm of yours? It was more so
1: like sixth grade. I started really being interested in boys. I would talk about all the crushes I had. Like my journal is just the most unbelievable thing. But I wrote that I was going to be in love with Tate as soon as I saw him when he came back to seventh grade. So he had kind of like been around. He'd been at you know, sports activities. So I had seen him in passing. talked to my girlfriends about him. Girlfriends at the time in seventh grade. (laughs) (laughs) Girl gang. Yeah, girl gang. I saw him in seventh grade and I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm in love. And I wrote it down in my journal and he was dating other girls. And I was like, I deserve him. Yada, yada, yada. (laughs) We almost dated in eighth grade. You know, those little love spells you get in. Yes. I was just like, no, I don't think I need to like have a boyfriend yet. I was miss know it all. We just kind of stayed friends in high school. I had dated other people, he was dating other people, and then we both started dating in college. Our freshman year of college, we started dating, which is just super fun. I was actually at Baylor for my first semester. Okay. And he was at Missouri State playing baseball. I fell in love with Tate within like a month of talking to him. And we convinced ourselves that the best idea was for me to transfer from Baylor to Missouri State, play soccer be with Tate all the time. Yeah. So that's what I did. And of course, when I told my friends and family that I was switching schools, everyone was like, oh, you're doing it for Tate. And I was like, no, I have this yearning to play soccer, yada, 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 which is like a great cover up for what was actually happening.
0: You're a good athlete too. I think that you can exercise both. So,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. You know, I was pulling my cards. And so I transferred. We broke up for a stint in sophomore year, but then we got back together, got engaged right after he was drafted because he used his signing bonus money to first buy a truck and then buy me a ring. We got married within five months and then baseball season a month later.
0: I read this from your blog and I am honestly so shocked. You guys have moved 10 times in three years. (laughs) Yeah. That is unbelievable. We are a military family. You do not hear of that <laughs> yeah. at all.
1: I mean, there's purpose behind it, which is nice. Mm-hmm. There's something for Tate to do the day we get there. It's a weird kind of move that like, we know we have to do this. This is just part of our life. The beginning move for me was incredibly difficult because of the unknowns of baseball and there was no information. Mm-hmm. There is now, thank the Lord. But when I was getting married, there was no info on like what it was like to be in the minor leagues, what it's like to be a professional Athlete's wife with not a lot of cash flow because you just kind of see the big stars and you're like, oh, that's got to be my life. But I knew that wasn't going to be it. I had no idea what to expect.
0: And you're 21. (laughs) Yeah. I got married at 20. And looking back now, I'm like, I was a completely different person. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like
1: looking at 20 year olds now and I'm like, that was me when I was making this life decision. Yeah. It just blows my mind. I had a father who did business, he's an insurance broker and he was home every Every single night. And he was at every single one of my games. And that's not Mm -hmm. how Tate was like. His father played baseball. And so he was used to this gypsy lifestyle. He's used to this life that's not really focused on routine.
0: And a lot of pressure, too. A lot of eyes were on his family. Oh, yeah.
1: And so that was all very new to me and was a very hard transition, which is part of my story and part of my health journey where it started. I thank baseball for really... Breaking me and just allowing me to discover what I was like as a broken human being, mm-hmm. taking off all the cobwebs. What is really the root of your problem right now, Margaret? That's the beginning of my health journey.
0: I- when I hear you talk about you played soccer in college, we're journaling a little bit in elementary school. I want to know, like, where did being so intentional about your health, really valuing yourself, the whole part of yourself, you know, mind, body, spirit, like, when did that show up at your front door? And if you're open to it, like, what do you mean when yeah. you say, That you were broken.
1: Okay, let's get into it, Coley. Let's go. (laughs) Um, Let's go. And gosh, okay, so I guess it stems from getting married and. Joining into this stereotype of being a baseball wife. You don't even like that word. I don't because of what people think of you immediately. It just makes me cringe because of what I thought of myself and what I thought I had to be as well. So, for the first couple years of marriage, I was literally just living to be skinny and fit a stereotype. I was following Tate. I had no job. I had nothing to do. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm not alone, but it's still embarrassing to say this. Like, I thought everything was going to be solved. Better once I got married, getting married to a professional baseball player. That's the dream. And then, skirt, you're so lonely. Tate's gone 50% of the time. I have nothing to do, no purpose. And all I want is to be skinny and fit this mold because I think that's going to heal me. That's legitimately where it started. Post soccer, I just wanted to fit this stereotype mold of being a baseball wife. That got me to a place where I was working out two hours a day, I had nothing else to do, and I was eating the cleanest food. Food you could get and nothing was happening I was really unhappy wasn't losing any weight I was just like mm. self-hate to another level I was so embarrassed even of myself because I had nothing to do people would call me and ask me how I was I didn't know the answer I was living for this identity that was just not christ-oriented whatsoever it was of the world just makes me so sad but it's good because it turns into a good thing knew that subconsciously but i didn't change it until i had my first child Riker, and got a deeper appreciation of my body but in that postpartum time i was still trying to maintain this physique and this identity and baseball got incredibly sick i got the flu twice my milk was incredibly depleted, which is terrifying for a breastfeeding mom because that's how you're supplying food for your child. And I don't like formula because of what's in it. But, like, I had to give him formula, which was sad. I was losing my hair. I was so stressed out. Wow. Kate and I's marriage was really suffering. I was just trying to please everybody. Record was the first born grandson on both sides so it's just trying to please everybody and literally my body I lost 15 pounds I was tiny it was just like the lowest that I have felt when I would wake up in the morning my eyes were sunken in mm. it's hard even to Talk about and explain. It was just this vulnerable, unhappy state of my life with a new child. I was like, what the heck am I doing? Yeah. I am raising this child and Tate's gonna have to be away for seven months playing baseball and I'm gonna have to do this on my own. I can't be this unhappy and this sick and I need to provide for him and I need to have energy and I need to have a good marriage and I need to be happy, but how can I be happy? And that's when I got to this point where I was like, something has to change. And I wish I could just say there was this huge altering life change, but Mm -hmm. that's not the case. It was this slow climb over that year of 2017 to 2018. It was this slow climb of like getting myself out of this pit, changing my mindset Changing the way I viewed my body, changing the way I viewed what health is, getting rid of this desire to be skinny and desire to portray this certain type of woman who's married to a professional baseball player. It was like this incredibly slow and difficult climb. I just developed this deep love for the Lord, first and Mm -hmm. foremost, because he was chasing me that whole time that I was chasing the world and I didn't see it. But through having a child and birth is just the most miraculous thing and restoring our marriage and restoring my body, I was just like, how do I deserve this compassion and this grace when I literally just spat in your face for the last four years of my life? Mm -hmm. Everything I had, everything I did was for other people and for baseball and to look a certain way. And I was just like, I am so sorry, Lord. Thank you for sticking with me. I think it was that realization of what the Lord had done for me to get me out of that pit to save my relationship with Tate and my motherhood and my body that altered my whole mindset. Wow! It makes me emotional because of how different my life looks now. But it's a story that I just wish someone else shared with me that I could have heard. So all I want to do is just share this story in a very humble manner because I know there are women out there, especially in sports, with all this social media stuff. You know, you don't have to fit a stereotype. Like you just have to fit what the Lord is calling you to do. Like seek the kingdom and then everything else will fall into place you I get chills every time. That's just the message that needs to be shared, not this crazy message of you have to be a certain way to get a certain amount of likes. And you have to look this way because you want people to think you're put together. You have to have this amount of money. And just the lifestyle that God placed me in, he's got to be using me to share this story. I just don't know why else God would have put us in this place and allowed us to keep going when we almost quit baseball. Mm-hmm. It's a very humbling couple of years of my life.
0: I love your blog blog. By the way, if anyone has not found it, they need to find it. All your videos too. But I want to read what your bio says. And it just says, I flock to realness, real people, real food, real missions, all that other fake stuff. It creates resistance in me. And I feel it in my soul.
1: It wasn't because of the people and the things that were surrounding me. It was because I was choosing those things Mm. to surround myself with. It was just a very toxic thing.
0: All I can think of right now is that there are friends of mine, people that I know who can relate to that, is that they might not be in your shoes, but they are in another place. Probably Mm -hmm. even like some of my military friends as well feel that because there's a weird unspoken pressure that comes along with that environment as well. When you use the word baseball wife, I want to put in the word dependent. And that was something that I wrestled with. And I know a lot of other people wrestle with as well. All I can think Mm -hmm. of is my friends who feel that way. I feel like you just threw them the life ring and like there is a way out. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find yourself sharing your story with your people closest to you? Like, Do you feel like the change in you has spilled over into your circle?
1: Yes, definitely. And more so because my relationships are better with the people that I'm around. They can tell that I'm not as angry. I'm not as cynical. I'm not as gossipy. I'm not spending. My whole entire lifestyle is different. And I'm more so focused on living with purpose. Yeah, and- living in the present, loving people hard. For me personally, when I am focusing on other people, my life is better. (laughs) Because when I'm focusing on myself and what I want and what I don't have, that's when I get angry and it still happens, but like I have to constantly remind myself to get out of
0: that mindset. What do you do when you need to do that? Because I can say what I feel like I've seen you do. I love that you even shared like one morning you just went and bought a juice. I don't know where you were in a bay or something in Maine. You mm-hmm. just went out and like waded in the cold water <laughs> in the ocean. Yes. That is like the coolest <laughs> unique thing. And I never would have thought that that might be something our body needs when we're in a funk. Uh, what a, good memory
1: that was all the places that we lived my safe place and what gets me out of my funks is just being in nature whether it's just walking with my kids because sometimes I don't get to just do it by myself walking with my kids and the beautiful places that we've lived in portland maine is incredible when I am in nature I feel like all of my worries just go away and I'm reminded this is what God created. He didn't create me to be a baseball wife. He created me to be a mom who's immersed in my kids and I have a great marriage. He just created me for so much more than this mindset of wanting and desiring all the time. It stinks when I find myself in that position because I'm like, yeah, but like this pair of earrings, not that I don't buy earrings, but (laughs) I just get to a point that I'm like, I want, 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 and I'll look a certain way if I keep doing that. Mm -hmm. It's just... Little things like I just have to take myself out of my own head, out of my world and get outside. Yeah even Tate will say like when I'm in a funk I'm just like can I please just go for an hour long walk I just need to get outside and it just is like God breathes on me and he just is like hey it's gonna be okay I am here don't worry
0: why did going public with what was happening in your heart why was that the next step for you and I know that it's not about numbers Mm -hmm. but you have thousands of people who are watching your videos I know that you've seen your views you definitely have people who are invested I
1: really needed a creative output I had been on Instagram a lot and kind of started sharing on Instagram but I just needed something else because I feel like Instagram is really hard to seek truth and actually find truth I just feel like I have this weird love for being in front of a camera and I was like what can I do there was this resistance for a while I know when I feel resistance and I just couldn't start this YouTube channel for a really long time because I was like I don't want to do it for vain reasons I don't want to do it to get this many followers and to get money yeah. and to get fame. like I felt that resistance, so I just couldn't start it. It just didn't feel right. And then when I started praying about it, I was just like, I have to share this message to women that was just not even share a message, but show in my lifestyle. You don't have to be what the world thinks you should be. Mm-hmm. And by doing so, I wanted to give baseball women an inside look into what it's like, just how toxic thoughts people products causes a lot of ruin and that is The root of why I started this Margaret Matheny YouTube, Instagram, blog. I want to share this message because there's a need for it. That non toxic products isn't just to make you prettier or healthier and vibrant and glowing. It releases this inner you that's just begging to come out when you get rid of these toxic lifestyles, toxic stereotypes, and toxic self talk. And I was like, that's what I need to share with people. I don't know who's gonna listen, but I know that there are women in the baseball industry and surrounding me like in beauty counter that just need to hear. I don't want to say it's my message. I just want them to say and believe that you don't have to be what you think you have to be.
0: Hey friends, I'm interrupting my conversation with Margaret to let you know that we are halfway through the year, halfway through season three of the podcast, and I think it's time to reassess. I do not want to look back at the end of the year and think, what could I have done better? I want to hear from you smack dab in the middle. I've composed a short survey. Seriously, it takes less than one minute to fill out, and it is beyond helpful in hearing your voice. It is completely anonymous, so your privacy is protected, but what matters is the answers to the questions. They're very simple. I'm just asking about who's listening, your age, your gender, what city you might be listening from, and then also what you want from the podcast. What are some topics that you'd like to hear about? More of the Bible, more about maybe relationships, dating, money, entrepreneurial opportunities, athletes, sports, more musicians, more artists, more film creatives. What do you want to hear? The purpose of Still With You is to first glorify God, but it is also to serve you and encourage you in whatever way you may need it. Your voice matters. And when you partner with Still with you, you're making a difference in the lives of others. The second question I have is who would you like to see on the podcast? This could be a friend of yours with an amazing story, a leader in your local community, or someone who genuinely inspires you. The Bible talks about the importance of our testimony. That is what Still with You is. It is a place for us to get in the Word and also to hear from others who God is working through. So the survey is completely anonymous. It takes less than a minute and you can find the link for this in the show notes of this episode as well as the link in my Instagram bio. I'm sure some of you guys have seen me way too much on social media, but you can again find it through my bio on Instagram. It'll be out there. I would genuinely appreciate it. This survey will stay open for a few weeks and I just really would love to hear what you have to say. And I do not want to wait till the end of the year to think back about what we could have done. Let's make the change today. I validate and hear all of the things that you say but then me who is not in your inner circle but kind of like watching and paying attention to your voice I love that there was such almost a numerous amount of people who were drawn to that because I feel like that just shows that people are drawn to the real yeah. we can sniff out so to speak since you're talking about like toxic non-toxic products we know when something is organic and natural mm-hmm. I think it's so funny that you had such resistance of that you're like I don't want it to be about my name, my fame and everything. Yet that there's not one ounce of that when I'm being invited into your lifestyle and your home. That's so kind of you to say, Coley, Thanks. I mean that with my whole heart because I don't really want to waste my time on hearing things that are biased or have a a selfish message. And you're not. You were obedient. God was calling you to do that.
1: Thank you. That's so encouraging and kind of you to say, gosh, YouTube and Instagram is such, and I'm sure you feel this too it's such a tricky slope it is yeah of sharing your message in a non-narcissistic way it's easy to get captured into like oh I have to do it this way if I want views even like family members are skeptical about it it's just so much more vulnerable it's out of our comfort zone Mm -hmm. you're showing random strangers your life I just you know have to ask for their trust and constantly remind them like look this is my mission I have sisters in politics I have sisters that are just wildly smart and artistic brother. My little brother is in construction. It's just like, we're so different. And the fact that I'm choosing YouTube is just strange for some people, which I get. Like it's different. And it's a lot more difficult with two kids, I'll tell you that. But I don't know why, but I just love this. You have to buy a camera and you have to get lighting. You have to, you know, make an investment for it. I'm like, I'm doing it and I like it. There's like this tunnel vision. I'm like, I'm just going to prove today. Them, like what this means and that I'm following a mission more so than this like YouTube lifestyle yeah. fame. But I know a lot of people think that way. Old friends, I know when I Post my videos on my Instagram. They're like strange, but I'm like, you know what? I am doing this <laughs> regardless of that because I just have so much passion for this message of what health means, right? What it means to just not live with toxicity in your life, to love what the Lord has given you in yourself and your body and where you are.
0: And like what I hear, and I was actually talking with a mentor about this the other day, is that it sounds like you are have tasted and are walking in freedom, and you just want other people to experience that. You felt caged in the lie that you were going into. I mean, I've had this with my own story and where I'm like, okay, now that I see what I see, I can't go back. And I Mm -hmm. want so badly for everyone around me to feel what I'm feeling right now. Mm -hmm. I totally see that in you. That's why people are drawn to it.
1: Thank you. It's just amazing what happens when you confront things head on. It gets uncomfortable and it's hard. I know. And it's really sad, but what comes out of it is really redemptive. Thank the Lord that we have got. Yeah. I just can't imagine what people do if they don't have Christ. It's just really sad for me to think about. I don't even know where I would be if I didn't have faith. Mm And if I didn't have a God, he was just chasing me and chasing me. I grew up in the church. I knew where to go, which was just nice. And I only yeah. hope that I do that for my children when they find themselves in pits and have to be resilient. But it's just pretty amazing that the Lord is gracious to give us those things. Motherhood just makes it a little bit more difficult to find your own time with Christ. Back to a point where I guess practically this is how I brought the Lord back into my life. One, I had to be broken. I even say that I feel like I became a Christian in 2018. I would tell my family members that like I made my faith my own and then my dad was like, well, what happened? And I was like, God was gracious enough to give me this realization and this determination to not stay in the pit. I wanted to get out. I have wonderful parents who raised me to fall onto Christ, but you have to decipher that for yourself when you do fall. Right. So for me, that just looked like creating time in my schedule. I'm not great at reading scripture. It comes and goes in waves. What really works well for me is listening to it and meditating. Yes. Which is what I got into when I was just super sick and unhealthy. My mind was just so unaware of all the emotions and thoughts that were in my head. Meditation helped me become more aware Mm -hmm. of my thoughts. Yeah, I found this YouTube, The Mindful Christian. It has meditations on there like five minutes, seven minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. I
0: feel like I've heard of them. We'll put that in the show notes for our friends to find.
1: It was just like a random, I was like Christian meditation, like what the heck am I going to get? There are a couple like sitting still in the presence of God and it's a guided meditation where she's helping you envision Christ and Breathe in God and breathe out God and just sitting still in his presence. Mm. And then the other one that I love from the mindful Christian is the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. She just kind of like repeats that describes what that verse means for 10 minutes. When I'm meditating, I envision Jesus meditating next to me. It sounds bizarre and I can't believe I'm admitting that, but I like envision him doing this with me because he would want to do that. And he is there with me when I'm meditating. That made my faith feels so much more alive when I invited God. Mm to do life with because that's what he wants to do. He wants to be with us in our highs and our lows. When I was living mm. in this freaking basement in the middle of Portland, Maine, all I had was this 10 by 10 room with a bunch of our baseball stuff in there to sit and meditate, peace and silence. Jesus was there with me. I just envisioned him doing this meditation even laughing at me. Like I just had visualized Jesus being with me and that just escalated my faith. He was with me when I was creating a YouTube video and he was with me when I was posting something on Instagram and he's with me when I'm in a predicament with my husband. And when I'm frustrated with my kids, it's this whole like mindset change of where I want God to be in my life. I'm just a visual person. And I do well with that. Some people do really well with scripture. That's what it practically looked like in my mind to have this shift. Like he just needs to be more present everywhere and every place of my life.
0: Man, you and I are Mm -hmm. tight because I am a visual person as well. I totally find that to be acceptable. I think, and I'm so glad that you're even using the word meditation because I think that is Mm -hmm. such a dirty word. Sometimes in the church, God created stillness, the process of thinking for a reason. And so I love that you're even sharing that, that that is an okay practice to use. It doesn't have to be the extremes of where you're focusing on like one word for an hour. It doesn't have to be this thing that is not of the Lord. It's like, bring it back to his focus Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. focus on him and, that's all you need I remember there was a season and I mm-hmm. was sharing this with our group a group of college students and they were like oh my gosh Coley this is so trippy that you're saying this. <laughs> I told them that when I would get anxious I would imagine like the Holy Spirit in like a green and like pink cloud form before me I would just like breathe that in and I felt so yeah. at peace and I was like Holy Spirit like I just welcome you in you are the one who can calm my nerves and keep me grounded and then I'm able to do the work that you want me to do because this was often before i'd go like speak or have to do something very public and they're like cole you're so trippy and another student was like no no no." like that's like she's like breathing life (laughs) it's just so rare to
1: hear that about people because they think it's strange. Yeah. I mean, it's the same with everything that I preach about health. It all comes back to you and what works for you in your brain and your head because God created us all so differently. He's a pink and green cloud for you. And he's this meditating hippie for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And he wants to do that. Like he's like happy to be those things for us. Right. Like, no way he's like, oh my gosh, stop imagining me like that. Like he wants us to just grasp him any way we can.
0: And I even heard someone say when they were talking about how like if you're n- maybe new in whatever it may be anything that you try out for example in my young adult life like young young adult life would have not been like I think I'm gonna like ask God like what he wants me to see to help me in this moment connect with him I don't think I would have thought that you were talking about how God laughs I think that when you and you of course being a mom when your kid walks and they trip you don't go over there and punish them mm-hmm. you're like look they're trying yeah. and you're like get it back up and I think that's what God does with us it's loving and he's you took yes. one step. I'm so proud of you. My daughter, my son, I'm so proud and Mm -hmm. like loves that. Absolutely. Hey guys, you know how I love to share things with my friends. I'm working on a little project called KB Essentials. Every month, I'm going to create a little bundle, a little starter kit for you to check out some fun items that I am finding to be my favorites. Coming out in a few days will be the August Essentials, including the new Kira Sheared album, plus my favorite brand of cacao, which you will learn about later in this episode as I talk about it with Margaret. This is just a fun little extra that I'd love to share with you. Because I want to be respectful, there's only so much that I can share within an episode. You can find some August essentials heading your way within the next few days. And the best way that you can stay up to date is by joining my email list. So one of the ways that you can do this is go to coleybrowning.com, opt in for receiving email notifications. At the turn of every new month, you'll find a list of new essentials, but also you're going to be notified for every episode of the podcast. It's fast, it's easy, it's all for you. Check it out, coleybrowning.com. Sign up today and remember the essentials are coming your way i'm wondering what your next season looks like mlb starts at the end of the month so july
1: 23rd
0: what does that look like
1: for you guys from what our knowledge is and when this airs. I'm sure it'll be known. Uh, Minor League is canceled. We are just going to be in St. Louis for the rest of the year until hopefully things start back up normally in February. Will you have to go back to Florida? Yes. The Major League obviously is starting and this is public knowledge, is they have a taxi league, a taxi squad. They have their 40-man roster and all of those guys are in camp right now. Potentially, Tate could make the taxi squad. We don't know. You don't know anything until they call you.
0: When you say taxi squad, that means like the level above triple a
1: it's pretty much a covid triple a okay so anybody that goes down in the big leagues they want that person that they potentially could call up to be on the taxi squad so that they're not bringing people from all over the united states and potentially exposing people to covid right so they're just trying to keep everyone safe and this taxi squad is their emergency guys we don't know if we've made it nobody knows if they've made it so they're just keeping it right now to the 40 man to just make sure that people are staying safe and people Aren't being exposed or moving if they don't need Mm. to be. So that's just the information that we have. So, what it looks like for us is Tate just joined this like collegiate series team, which is super fun for him. He's playing like five nights a week, seeing live pitching. For us, it's just Our normal routine with two kids, you know, Gunner naps twice, Record naps once. So we play outside, then we do naps, then we play outside some more. And I work a little bit on YouTube when they're napping. That's pretty much the mundane beauty of what our life looks like right now. We get to be around family, which we wouldn't be able to right now. We'd be in Maine, very far from family. So we are soaking up our time with our favorite people in the world.
0: What do you love most about St. Louis? Or what do you not like? That's totally acceptable here. I mean,
1: I've lived in so many places. Yeah. I wouldn't even say that there's something to not like because of the other places that I've lived in. I've loved the changing of the seasons, a hot summer, and then you get to transition into fall. We were in Maine for the last two years and it's cold there. Yeah. In May. We were in like our down winter coats up in Maine. I love that St. Louis is just beautiful and you can enjoy all the seasons. Uh, Obviously, love their families here, love the food. I just love the consistency of the Midwest. It's just so chill. Me too. There's nothing like the Midwest, especially if you're from here, you will understand.
0: I went to visit my parents a couple of weeks ago and to get to the airport from St. Louis. You know, we drove by Busch Stadium mm. and it was so empty and it made my heart hurt in a way that I'd never had before because I, yeah. baseball is such a rhythm in our house. We pay for the subscription, you know, and we'll have it on throughout our week. It's something that we talk about and look forward to. And so I'm really glad that we're going to re- see half of that. Oh, Cardinal
1: baseball. There's literally nothing like St. Louis baseball.
0: That's where Chris and I technically My husband, Chris, he asked me out to go to a St. Louis Cardinal game. Granted, we hung out before, but that was like our first official day. The city of St. Louis and that program has meant the world to our family. I did want to take just a minute just to say thank you for your family's work and the sacrifices that you guys have made collectively. Yeah, You guys were super heavily involved throughout that time of our lives. And so I want to say thanks for that.
1: I don't have much to do with it. The family I married into is just... Remarkable and the thing that they do for this game is remarkable, which I don't know if the listeners know, but my father-in-law was largely involved in Cardinal baseball. It's really wonderful to see the influence that he has and his, you know, how God created him to be a leader in that way and how it really just brings joy. What he does is high stress. It's just very taxing on the human body to be up that late every single night and travel every single night. Mm -hmm. But just like the joy that it brings other people and the memories, it's very cool if you see it on the broad spectrum of what baseball means to people, especially in St. Louis. But now KC, so go Royals.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. Anytime Missouri's on the board at all, I'm like, yes, Chiefs, even though that's a totally different sport, I'm like, make us proud. Like, I'm so proud (laughs) of the loving it. Absolutely. Yes. Go Royals, go Chiefs, go Mo. I have been introduced to cacao. Am I saying it right? Yes. Oh, this is so funny. This is so great. So I'm Pretty sure I heard about that from you first. And then I went to a wedding a couple of weeks ago and a friend of mine was like, yeah, I just drink cacao all the time. Uh, We have a local shop. It's like Whole Foods style, but it's local. I went and got some cacao and tried it. Is that something that you love? And am I doing it right by when I mix it with almond milk and almost like hot chocolate? Yeah, cacao is actually the bean. It's like
1: the source of what chocolate comes from.
0: I'm not a big hot chocolate person, but this one is a little bit spicier. rich and it's bitter. That's the word I'm looking for. And I'm not a hot chocolate person. I'm not a milk chocolate person. When I go to eat chocolate, I want it dark and I almost want it, as you were saying, bitter. And so when I found this, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in love.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. It's like a totally considered a super food packed with antioxidants and anti-inflammatory compounds in it, which is just incredible for American diets. Like a lot of us, even me, we have inflammation in our bodies due to stress and what we're eating and cacao is incredible for reducing inflammation, supporting your blood. It's just like this blood tonifier. There's a lot of things that it's great for, but the taste and the way I use it is like what it's the best thing for. So what you're saying is you make a almond milk drink?
0: It's the version of hot chocolate that I've always wanted. Like a non-sweet, bitter, almost coffee-like. Almost coffee but It definitely reminds me of what I wished hot chocolate would have been for my entire life. Because to me, I always just felt like it was just like drinking liquid chocolate, which it is. I don't like the milkiness of it.
1: You can put it in cookies. You can put it in your smoothie. Really? You can put it on pretty much anything. I make uh, black bean brownies with cacao and some maple syrup and some oat flour. And they're divine. Wow. Sound really sketchy, but they're delicious.
0: No, no, no. That sounds good. Especially
1: if you just have straight cacao, you're avoiding the preservatives, the soy, the refined sugar, and all the additives that come in chocolate and hot chocolate Mm -hmm. and brownies. And so using cacao is just like so beneficial in so many ways. You're not using the overprocessed ingredients and you're giving your body tons of iron, tons of antioxidants, anti-inflammatory properties. So it's like you get your cake and you get to eat it too
0: hey well now I want to try it in like baking because I didn't know I had permission to do that. Oh yeah. See I am such a person who does like a quick Google search and that is all I limit myself to where I'm like oh I want this in liquid form. How am Mm -hmm. I going to do that? That's
1: just what my Instagram is for. It's Mm -hmm. for food account where I can just get inspo of what to do with my food and all that jazz. So that's how I know that much about cacao. I'm not like an expert. I love cacao because I do love chocolate but I just feel so yucky when when I eat conventional brownies, chocolate and hot chocolate. It destroys my body. Yeah. So I just learned how to make it in a way that didn't make me feel yucky.
0: You were killing it. I hope that you continue. Please don't stop. We're going to continue listening and watching and reading and praying for you. Honestly, that's the thing that I think I want our friends to be invited into is to pray for your family. Thanks, Kelly. That means so much. The podcast is called Still With You and you can answer this however you choose to. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, Margaret, where is is God still with you?
1: What a good question. It even gives me chills. I listened to your podcast and I purposely didn't listen to other people's answers of this.
0: That's actually really sweet for me. Thank you. And the fact that you even listen to my podcast, I admire so much the work you're doing. Like to hear that you listen, like that's crazy.
1: I'm the same. You have no idea. Like you're popping up on my story highlights now because I'm just like looking for your name.
0: Oh gosh, wow.
1: I could say the same thing to you. I believe in women supporting women, regardless of where you are in your life. Absolutely. My answer. I'll be vulnerable here. I like to have the best answer. I like to have the best food, the best everything. But a lot of times I have to scale it back and just tell myself to be honest because that's when I get into funks is when I try to be too much. My answer would just be God is still with me in the mundaneness of our life, which is just really powerful when I think about it because in these like constant routine days, nothing's going wrong. Nothing's going super right. That is when it's really easy for me personally to just not even worry about God. I don't need him because things aren't really crappy. I don't need him because like we're finding so much success. It's just powerful for me as a mother and a wife and baseball gypsy. God is with me in the stillness and in the mundane of my life. And when he's not, that's when I get into really dark gray spots. Yeah, that's what I would definitely say. It's just impactful for me. Like when I'm changing diapers, God sees this as me serving. That's how he sees when I'm cleaning and doing laundry. He's with me in this mundaneness of my life. That's very prominent in my story that in the middle of a basement, Jesus was right there meditating with me. Yeah, Like he's just with me in the most normal situation situations in my life and amidst this uncertainty and this waiting in baseball and this almost ungrounded lifestyle yeah where we have to just like find routine and just being mundane that's where he meets me and I have to be very intentional but also it just makes me really grateful that that's where he wants us to be that's where he wants to be with
0: us I love that. I'm so glad that God's like not afraid of crummy basements, you know, like really (laughs) He's not afraid of like me with when I'm like crying on my yoga mat. I need him (laughs) desperately. You know, I love that. And I think that you as a friend offer a freedom in that. And listen, I'm Mm going to have to have you back. Are you cool with that? I want you to come back and share some more with us whenever you like. I just (laughs) leave the door open to my friends and I'm so grateful for this. Oh, that's so sweet of you. Yes, absolutely. And even
1: we should bring Tate on this too, because he would bring some wickedly good insight on just like professional baseball, everything that he's been through, which is just, he has an incredible story too.
0: I would totally welcome that. Let's set that up. And honestly, that is such an answer to prayer because I haven't had any athletes on the show. And it's so crazy because I'm interviewing you today, which you're so much more than like the whole athlete thing, but that's obviously, it would be unfair to say that's not part of your, your life. Yeah. It's a huge part of our life. Yeah. And then I'm interviewing... A college basketball coach tonight. And I'm like, God, you're so cool. And then to hear you say, Hey, welcome Tate. I'm like, yes, I welcome it. That would be awesome. So yeah. I'm just going to look forward to that. Thank you. Absolutely. Guys, is she not the best on the microphone, off the microphone? She is the real deal. Her heart beats for others to know Jesus and to feel better healthier, more alive, more vibrant. All of the fun adjectives. She wants you to experience them because she's experienced them firsthand. I think it's incredible when we see amazing, brave people who've done the hard work beginning with themselves and then they express it and throw it around like confetti for all of us to taste and see that the Lord is good. If you want to find more information about Margaret, you can visit her website, Margaret Matheny. There is endless amount of information for you to just sort through and find and watch and I'm so grateful to have her her speaking, encouraging truth into my life. And you as my friends, I want you to experience that as well. So again, you can go to Margaret Matheny. There's more information that you can find in the show notes for this episode by visiting coliebrowning.com I would love to connect with you. You can also follow me on social media, Coley Browning, K-O-H-L-I-E and Browning like the rifle. I would absolutely love to hear from you and encourage you in any way that I can. And while you're at it, send Margaret a quick message and tell her thank you so much for being on the show. Before we go, I want to thank my friend Lily Gray for her allowing us to use her music this season. This is her song lifted from her album. It's all beautiful right here. Make sure you check out lilygaray.com and follow her on social media at Lily She is doing amazing things with Cielo Records and generating new music every time I refresh Spotify. And finally, saving the best for last, I want to thank you for hanging out with me and Margaret today. It is all because of you and your faithful support that I am able to keep still with you on the podcast airwaves i cannot wait to hang out with you guys again next week plus leanne aranador founder of Lotteru, will be here until then be bold be brave be you and remember that he is still with you